Hey everyone, it's me, Courtney. And Lucy. And welcome back to Not Slim Kind of Shady. Today is going to be kind of a heavy episode. Um, there may be some tears shed. We did this once, and now I think we'll have even more tears because we're doing it again. again. Like, so. Literally just getting ready to record this, I felt like this heaviness. I know, at least you have yours typed up. Because a lot of the shit was shit that I kept in for so long. Mm-hmm. And now it's just going to be out there. So it's, it's making me pretty nervous. Not going to lie. Um, so a listener asked me about the situation with my ex-husband. And they made the comment, well, he must not have been that bad if you stayed for as long as you did. The comment really got me thinking, why as a society do we make victims feel guilty for putting up with their abuse and staying in toxic situations? Calling them stupid for saying. Why do we completely excuse the actions of the abuser? Like all of the abuse meant nothing because the victim decided to stay. Mm -hmm. And I think it's bullshit. Nope. Well, that's because we've been through it. But, you know, people who haven't just have like... It's one of those, you know, kind of like, well, you don't know anything about parenting if you haven't been a parent kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, nobody knows unless they've gone through it. They can, like, sympathize with however they want to, but they don't fully know. Yeah. So, like, to me, anybody who hasn't been through any of it, I'm not necessarily going to take advice for Like, I can hear their, like, advice, but I'm, I by no means have to take it or think what their opinions more than mine. So Lucy and I have decided to kind of take things in a different direction in this episode. Instead of humor and raunchy sex stories or facts, we will be talking about domestic violence. This is a topic that we're extremely passionate about and think it hits home for most of our listeners and for the two of us, definitely. In this episode, we will read stories that we got from Facebook messages, both from the male and female perspective, And I know I have kind of touched on my situation, but I will be sharing my story in its entirety. I think domestic violence and abuse is an important topic to talk about because a lot of people in those situations are hopeless. And I know that at the time it feels like nothing will get better. And that's just how life is. I promise you it's not. It took me over 20 times to break up and leave my situation. It takes the average man or woman seven times to leave an abusive situation. Seven. So the fact that we still blame victims is ridiculous. Blaming the victim completely negates the fact that the abuser is the one with the issues and excuses their behavior. Okay. So let's do, I'll read. Okay, bear with me with this one because it's long. (laughs) I don't read Thank God I'm taking orals of communicate or what is it? Oral communication. Oral communication class. Maybe it'll help me. Okay. So our first story comes from Roman in Cedar Rapids. Okay. So back in 2014, I was working at a local restaurant in Cedar Rapids and I met a girl who I thought was pretty cool. We started off slow since she was still living with her husband, but still looking for a way out. Me being me, I figured I would help her and let her and her kids move in with me and hopefully build a relationship as that goes on. 
At first, everything was good and it was lovely, and then my birthday rolled around that year. The night of my birthday, I didn't remember exactly what I said to upset her, but the next thing I knew, she was spitting in my face and punching me in my face and then ran out the door. Right then, I should have left, but I really cared for that person. So, oops, hang on, I lost the point. So, I didn't want her to feel like I didn't care and I knew people make mistakes. For a couple months, everything was good and then I came home from work one day late by five minutes and then I walked in the door and I got hit with a pot off the stove and when I hit the ground, she came up and started stomping on me and kicking me in my face. I ran away but came back a couple hours later because I was afraid no one would listen to me and I didn't know who to go to and was too scared to call the police because I don't trust police. Then again... A couple months later, I don't exactly remember what happened or why she acted out violently, but I just remember I was sitting watching TV. She asked me a question. I didn't hear her over the TV, and the next thing I knew, she was running up to me swinging, her first, her fist hitting me several times. I ran to the bathroom and locked the door, and I didn't come out about until about two hours later. When I came out, she hit her knee, hit her knees. I'm assuming fell to her knees and was begging me to stay and not leave and how sorry she was for hitting me and doesn't understand why she can't control it. Again, like an idiot, I stayed. Some time passed and nothing happened. Then my daughter was born. After she came home, the abuse got worse. It was almost every day, an everyday thing. Either I would get be getting punched and kicked, stuff thrown at me, or she would attempt to stab me with anything she could find. But I didn't want to leave at this point because my daughter, because I didn't want to leave another child and not have a relationship with another child due to the fact that I have three kids before this one that I really don't get to have a relationship with. So I figured I'll just stick, suck it up and be a man and deal with the abuse. It continued for about a good year and a half. And on March 1st of 2017, I finally got away or so I thought. That morning she came back from going to Iowa City with her sister and was upset when she came home. That I was asleep and her daughter was in her pack and play awake. She started yelling at me, telling me how I need to get up and take care of my fucking daughter because it's not on her that she should have been asleep. That she should have been asleep hours ago. I said, can you please do it? I have to work at 7 in the morning and you know this. I just want to get some rest. Next thing you know, she starts yelling and screaming about how big of a piece of shit father I am and for not putting my daughter to sleep and making sure she stayed asleep. I got up, started pulling my pulling my clothes together and putting them on. Um, it was pitch black in the apartment, so I couldn't really see. I just knew that my clothes were on the side of the bed. When I stood up, I'm putting my pants on, and the next thing I feel was something blasting me severely hard in my face. I reached for my face while I was backing into a corner, and I moved my hand away from my face, and it felt like I was sweating profusely. Come to find out it was blood. She continued to hit me and kept lunging at me with an object that I couldn't see. I found out later it was half of a pair of scissors that she was trying to stab me with. I must have been screaming loudly because the next thing that I know, the police were there. I was scared to say anything. To be honest, I never told the police that she hit me, but I feel like the sergeant but I feel like the sergeant that was there knew what was going on and arrested her anyway. Finally, I was free. I got all my stuff out and she was gone and was gone before she came back from jail. The next day, I went to my PO's office to revoke myself from probation so I can go to jail and make sure I was away from this woman because I was so scared. 
While I was in jail, I started losing sight in my right eye since she broke my face on March 1st She, when she assaulted me. That evening, the jail did not want to be liable, so they released me to go to surgery for a detached retina that was caused by her abuse. When I got out, I came back to Cedar Rapids and was excited to see my daughter. Little did I know I was going to fall right back in the same cycle. I continued for the next six months to let her control and abuse, and I have... Com- I have complete control over every, and let her have complete control over every decision that I finally made. I got arrested December 5th, 2017, and I sent myself to prison so that way I could finally get away. Roman ended up getting out of his situation and is now in a loving, healthy relationship. Did you know that one in nine men will experience physical abuse from their partner? As a woman, I can admit When I think of abuse, I always picture a man standing over a woman with his fist cocked. As naive as that is, the fact that men get abused as well has never really crossed my mind. One in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. This includes a range of behaviors, slapping, shoving, pushing, and in some cases the law might not consider these an act of domestic violence, but they are. Anytime a person puts their hands on you... In an aggressive manner, without your consent, is abuse. No. See, I've I've never felt bad defending myself when somebody was coming at me and, like, physically putting their hands on me. I've never felt bad putting my hands on them at that yeah. moment. There was one incident where I did put my hands on somebody, and that was, um, we were arguing, and he was very, he was, like, very angry. I don't know if it was because he was drunk or whatever, but he, he didn't put his hands on me, but he got so close to my face and was, like, yelling that he, when he stepped closer, and then I felt like he kind of, like, spit on me a little bit, it, like, triggered me, and I slapped him across the face, that I did, though, I felt terrible after I did that. That was the only time I've ever put my hands on a guy if it wasn't, like, self-defense, which I'm not saying... Like, it was terribly wrong for me to do, but it was, like... See, that... I'm not I'm not a violent person, really, no. at all, unless I have to defend myself or defend, like, people that I love. Mm-hmm. Then it's, like, no holds barred. Yeah. Well, and that was, like... Mine was prime example. Like, I felt like shit for slapping him. And he ended up, like... He grabbed my wrists and, like, mm-hmm. pushed me back. Like, it took him back. Like, he had to, like... Yeah. Hold me because maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe something happened to him to where it triggered him. But, like, that was the only time, and I felt terrible. But at the same time, I'm like, you really shouldn't have gotten gotten in my face and, like, screamed at me. Like, it, like, triggered me, and I doubt if I wasn't physically or mentally abused, maybe I would have reacted different to it. Mm -hmm. But I I didn't. All right, we have another story from Kay. I stayed because he made me feel like he was all that I had. He manipulated me into believing that without him I had absolutely nothing. Off and on for ten years, married for five, to a violent, narcissistic master manipulator. He was a saint to those he met, but a devil in the flesh to those who really knew him. He would punch me a few times and hold me with an ice pack, telling me if I wasn't so mouthy, this wouldn't happen. Or it was my fault that he got so mad because I'd say mean shit. Until I started fighting back the last year or two, showing him that I let him win. He stopped hitting. 
The last straw wasn't the hitting or the manipulation, the talks about my weight, or the pure mental anguish. It was him having me drop him off at his sneaky Link's house unknowingly. The first, second, or third time he cheated, it was when he had a woman in my home, in my face, who he had been cheating with. My brother, an old friend, packed all of my clothes and makeup into all of our cars, and I left everything else. I moved into my parents' basement, and I never looked back. I divorced him 21 days after I found out, or after the day that I moved out. So there's another person that got out. See, that one was more or less like my situation. There was yes. physical abuse. Not constant, but when it it was there, yeah, it was very bad, but it was more men, mental abuse mm-hmm. for me. I had the physical. I think my first, so the two serious relationships I had, they were both very abusive. The first one, it was physical abuse constantly. Yeah. He never so much gave me mental abuse. It was just, just getting constantly hit all the time for stupid shit. And he even tried pimping me out to one of his friends. Yeah. So... That was, like, when I was, like, yep, nope, this is not. But the second relationship was physical and mental, but it the physical wasn't consistent. But when it did get physical, it got bad. All right, so I'm going to go into my story. Um, yeah, buckle up. It's a rough one. Prepare to hear some sniffles and crying on my part. <laughs> And I had to type it all out because it's hard to go back into that headspace. So if it sounds like I'm reading it, I am. Um, I've spent so many years trying to move past this chapter. It's hard to revisit. So if I sound weird, that's why. So we're going to call him Jay. I mean, everybody that listens probably already knows. Mm-hmm. But when I first met Jay, I was instantly hooked. I can't imagine what it was but seeing him for the first time, my heart exploded. I had felt things for someone that I had never felt before. I thought he was a perfect guy, and I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. I was also 14, 15 years old, so obviously my view on love was all happiness and rainbows. Things went great for a couple of months, as young love usually does. The honeymoon phase after about three or four months of dating... Things started to change. He had become a little bit more distant, not overly cold, but I could tell something was wrong. He had been pressuring me to have sex since we first got together, and I just wasn't ready. I'm an intuitive person, so I could sense something was off and something was wrong. I was in love, and I didn't want to lose that, so I had sex with him. It was okay. It wasn't my ideal way of losing my virginity which I know now that I view as a weird social construct, but back then losing it was a big deal. It was a moment that I was waiting for something special. It wasn't, which was whatever. After that, he started being more loving, even told me he loved me for the first time. I was happy and I thought we were happy until I found out that just two days after I had sex with him for the first time, he had sex with my best friend. At this point in the story, you're probably like, why didn't you just break up with him? He cheated. It should have been done. And, like, I get that. And I should have broke up with him. Clearly, I didn't. Moving on, we worked things out. 
I didn't trust him as much as I used to, but I was willing to work on things. They were great for another couple months until summer came, and we decided to go camping with a couple friends. Originally, it was my friend, her boyfriend, we'll call him A, and the two of us. For some reason, my friend canceled, but A still wanted to go, so the three of us loaded up in the truck and went to a local campground. It was fun. We were swimming in the lake, fishing, and all that fun stuff. Jay had left the campsite for some reason and went back to the truck, leaving A and I alone. No problem. We were buddies. We'd spend a lot of time together as a group. He pulled out his pipe and asked me if I wanted to smoke. I'd never smoked weed before, but obviously I said yes. Jay comes back to the campground. A and I are talking and laughing innocently, but I notice his whole demeanor changed. I didn't know why. I had never seen him this angry before. He went into our tent, so I followed him in there and asked what was going, what was wrong. <clears throat> he accused me of sleeping with A. I didn't know why he thought that A and I were innocently sitting by a fire laughing because we were high as fuck. He backhanded me so hard that I fell and my braces went and my braces went through part of my bottom lip. This was the first time he had hit me. I was in shock. I laid there on the floor crying as my mouth bled and I was shaking. He got on his knees, begged me to forgive him, saying he was sorry and that it would never happen again. I believed him. I was upset and didn't really know what to think. I ended up calling in the night and he left the tent to go hang out with A. I fell asleep. I just wanted the night to be over so I could go home in the morning. He comes to the tent and starts to spoon me. He proceeds to try to wake me up to have sex. I turned him down, then he called me a worthless bitch and turned over and went to bed. It's finally the next morning, and I just get home from our camping trip, and my mom sees my face and asks me what happened. I told her we were swimming, and I ran into a boat face first. Jay didn't have a boat. Kept, keep in mind, I'm a horrible liar. Like, I just can't do it. And my mom knew deep down what had happened, but she didn't want to bring it up. I don't know if she didn't want to embarrass me or what. I kind of avoided him for a few days. He kept calling, and eventually I gave in and talked to him. We started hanging out again. Once again, things were good for a few months. I thought, okay, maybe that was just a one-time thing. It'll never happen again. Flash forward a few months, I'm 16, Jay's acting weird again, started being distant like he was when he cheated before. So I thought that was weird. Some time passes, like a couple of weeks or so, and he's just avoiding me more and more. I'm asking him if he wants to break up, and he says no. We're hanging out at his house, and in the in hanging out at his house in the basement on the computer, and he goes to check his MySpace messages and I noticed that he has one from a girl it read I had so much fun last night I can't wait to see you again with a wink face I was like huh this is weird and I just left it alone in the meantime his cousin comes over enter KFB hmm. <laughs> if you've been a longtime listener you know all about KFB the three of us were hanging out having a good time Jay tells me that I need to leave because he has somewhere to be. It was like 8.30 at night. There was nowhere that he absolutely needed to be. I don't remember how exactly the MySpace message got brought up. 
But I ended up asking him about it. He got a weird look in his eye, one I had never seen before, and suddenly he lunges at me, grabs me by the throat, pushes me up against the wall. I couldn't breathe. I didn't understand how things went from zero to ten so quickly. Thankfully, KFB was there. He pulled Jay off me and took him out to the garage so I could get my stuff and leave. As I was gathering my stuff, KFB comes into the room and apologizes for Jay. He hugs me and assures me that he will handle him and walks me out to my car. Still kind of in shock from what happened, I drove home, went straight into my room, and cried myself to sleep. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, surely you were done at that point. And I was for a little while, but in true narcissist fashion, Jay ended up weaseling his way back in. I never truly got away until he went to prison later that year for theft. His arrest was sudden, and I was a minor at the time, so I couldn't really keep in touch, keep in contact with him. I never really got the closure I needed. For the next four or five years, things were normal in my life, as well, well as normal as they could be. I met a guy, got married in a weird whirlwind situation, but I just couldn't shake my first love, and I needed to talk to him. So I wrote him a letter and we started talking again. I ended up getting divorced, not only because of Jay, but, you know, a lot of other things. Oh, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking for about a year. He gets out of prison, goes to a halfway house after the halfway house. He comes to live with me. Oddly enough, he and KFB and I were roommates. So it's weird thinking about that now. Jay and I eventually get married in October. Everything was perfect. He had changed. We were so happy. And I got pregnant with our daughter. We'll call her Elle. And we were excited about starting a family. A switch flipped in him again when I was around six months pregnant with Elle. Once again, he had become distant. And a part of me screamed that something was wrong. I ended up going through his phone and found text messages. He was cheating again. My heart was broke. My life felt like it all come crashing down. I confront him. Once again, he becomes immediately aggressive, screaming at me, throwing things, punched a hole in the wall, then started to strangle me in the kitchen. Trying to get away, I grabbed the first thing that I could reach, and it just so happened to be a knife. He noticed that I have a knife he lets go, starts screaming at me and telling me I was crazy for pulling a knife out on him as if he wasn't just strangling me while I was pregnant. I run upstairs, lock myself in my closet until things cool down. Of course, I hear, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't just leave. I wasn't working. I couldn't support myself or a baby. I couldn't tell my family what had happened. I felt stuck. So it was just another thing that got swept under the rug and a long list of things that were swept under and never talked about again. Elle was born and things weren't great. He was still cheating, but not physically abusing me. So since I wasn't being hit, that is until she was about two months old. This time we were going to meet my family for a dinner because my cousin was in town from Florida. He had just gotten married And this was everyone's time to meet his new wife. Josh had spent the day with one of his friends and they were drinking all day. I clearly didn't know this until I got home and told him 
said it was time to leave. He called me a skank and a bitch. Pretty much any word you can think of negatively to describe somebody. I had finally had enough and I slapped him. Which obviously, like now looking back, I probably shouldn't have. No. I was tired of being disrespected. That was wrong. As I was holding our daughter, he punched me in the face, busted my eyebrow, and I started bleeding all over our baby. I was in shock. My baby was covered in my blood, and his friend ended up holding her so I could go get her some clean clothes and get her cleaned up. My eye bled all the way through dinner. And I had to come up with some excuse as to why it happened. There was a weird energy between Jay and I that night. And it was obvious. That wasn't the last time he hit... That was the last time he hit me for a while. I thought things were would get better. Hold on. But what I had family and my child. Fast forward about three months... Before Olivia turns three, um, we moved into my old childhood house. I didn't know at the time, but he had start using meth. I didn't know for months because he has ADHD, so he's always been a little flighty. So it took me a while to figure out what was going on. I knew something was going on, but never in my wildest dreams did I think that it would be that. He was never the drug type, so I was completely caught off guard. He ended up running off with some girl and her boyfriend. He was gone for two, three weeks, and I was a mess. I ended up reaching out to KFB, thinking maybe he could talk some sense into Josh. And between that time, we started hanging out as friends, just to keep my mind off stuff. Obviously, I mean, you all know where that went. <laughs> Josh, anyways, Jay comes back. Fuck. Josh comes back. We're just kind of on survival mode for a few months. And one day he was hanging out with our neighbor. So I walked up with it. There we were all friends. And he lost his mind telling me I was crazy. And I was a whore. Little did I know that he had went through my iPad and found text messages between me and KFB from months before. I ended up walking back home upset, kind of confused. He followed a few minutes later. When he got back, he grabbed me by the back of the head, pulled me to the ground. He started choking me while simultaneously slamming my head into the floor. Thankfully, my neighbor picked up on the weird vibe. She called the cops and they were outside my door. They hear the commotion and my neighbor opened my door. The cops saw him abusing me. Jay got off me. The cop didn't even address what was happened or what was going on. I was told that if I didn't feel safe, I could leave my home where my daughter was. I was the one being abused, so I was taken back. I just said, no, I'll just lock myself in the bedroom and go to bed. The cop left. I was beside myself, even though the cops didn't do jack shit to help. I truly believe that if my neighbor hadn't shown up the day, I probably would have died. It's been about five years since that night happened. The abuse continued, except it wasn't so much physical anymore. It had become more mental and emotional. I was beat down to the point where I felt worthless, like my life wasn't worth living. I started using Xanax, painkillers, and self-harm. 
Once my daughter was asleep, I tried to commit suicide three different times to escape the chaos that surrounded my life. Thankfully, all of my attempts were failed, obviously. I ended up taking a good look at my life and realizing this isn't what I wanted. Jay ended up going back to prison for a year. Things finally seemed to calm down. There was peace and it was easily easy to quit abusing the pills and myself. I got onto meds for all my PTSD and my anxiety stuff. And things started turning around for some unknown reason. I let him talk me into trying to work things out. So I tried. This time, the physical abuse never happened, but it was mentally exhausting. There was no trust between the two of us and too much history. He got back into drugs, went to jail, and then went to a halfway house. While he was in there, I found out that I had uterine cancer. I was freaking out, and I had turned to him for comfort. He was decent while I got my surgery, which was nice, but there was no trust. I made the decision to walk away from that situation. I got out after years of abuse of feeling like I had nothing to offer anyone else. Years of being told that I was worthless and I would never make anything out of myself. I know this story was long. It felt like an eternity when I was living it, but the point of the story is to help people that are fortunate enough to get out sooner or later. The lucky people that never have to experience it all. Some perspective. I stayed because I thought this was what love was. I know there was a lot of bad in the story, but in between those bad moments, there were some good, even great moments. And those great moments made it hard to let go. They made the bad ones just seem like stepping stones. I had to walk through to get the next great moment. It wasn't until I realized my worth and my strength that I got courage to say enough was enough and finally be done for good. I know my worth now. I'm worth more than being called names, being physically abused. And more importantly, my daughter is worth more than seeing me be treated like that ever again. If you're struggling with a similar situation, even if you can't leave right now, just know that when you are ready to let go, everything in your life changes. (sighs) That was hard. Right? That's why I never write mine down. Nope. thing is you never you never forget all the times you were hit but you never forget the first time for sure like like and with my case I didn't want anybody to know because you don't want anybody to know because you have that glimmer of hope like no he's gonna change it's gonna work out and and then I don't tell somebody they're not gonna want to be around them and I don't want people knowing that because then, yeah, they're not going to want to be around them or they're going to want, you know, not want to be around me if I'm with them and whatnot. Like, not even just, like, people you know. Like, the first time Beer Can Dick ever hit me, he punched, I don't remember, I don't remember what we were fighting about, but he ended up picking me up at my cousin's. I get in the car, my car. And he square punched me in the face and it busted through my bottom lip. And I was bleeding so bad. I was covered in blood. Couldn't get it stopped. I'm like, you're going to have to take me to the hospital because there's no way this is stopping. And it was 
Like, people, I sat there and I came up with this huge elaborate story because my grandpa was redoing the deck in the back <laughs> that there was a board missing. So I wore flip-flops all the time and I said, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I tripped in that hole with my flip-flop and fell and busted my face. And I I was like, that's such a convincing story. I would believe that. They're, they're going to believe that. People at the hospital knew. And, like, they let you know, too, because then they kept trying to get him out of the room. Then they tried saying, well, we need to take an x-ray. If you hit your face, we need to look at stuff. But, really, I know they only did that to get him away from me. They're like, you know, if something did happen, you can tell us, blah, blah, blah. Well, and then the lady's like, it's just astonishing that you didn't hit your nose or your chin when you went down. And you smacked it. Like, people, like, people know. People know, just like um, the other abusive relationship I was in when he beat the shit out of me, like you could tell. And I didn't want anybody to know, but I think subconsciously I did. So I went and saw my mom and I was wearing glasses and she ended up like pulling them off my face. Like she knew, but then it's like you're in fight or flight mode that you need to figure out what the fuck you're going to say. Like, you want somebody to know because you want the help to get out. Yeah, but at the same... It's hard to explain. But then you also don't want to, like, leave that person because you feel so dependent on that person. So, like, my mom knew, but then I made up a whole elaborate story that it was his ex and his daughter's mom. And she came into town and we got in this big old fight. Of course, my mom reached out to her and... That was not what happened. Like, then you, like, turn into this big fucking liar, like, because you're just trying to protect them and you, like, panic. Like, that's what my whole thing was. I, like, even to this day, I don't really like talking about it. But, like, um, but I do remember, like, I think what, like, really had me let go, especially of the first one, it was, like, a thing that was, like, does your partner do this? It was, like, does... Do they call you names or insult you, not trust you, and act possessive? Do they isolate you from family and friends, mm-hmm. monitor where you go and who you spend time with, control the finances? Like, like, yeah. it, it was all of them. It was a checklist for, especially the first relationship. The first one, when I was in, was very physically abusive like I said earlier the second one which I think that's why when the teach situation came into play the two serious guys I with it was very verbally and physically abusive and then I meet somebody that I'm completely comfortable with and they don't abuse me like I think that's why it was just like unreal to me because the two relationships I had, it was completely different. And to me, oh, so, oh God, I'm going to sound like stupid on this, but like, obviously the physical abuse hurt me, yeah. but to me, the physical abuse, it happens. It's not as bad as the mental No, abuse. because physical abuse, you, you can heal eventually from. heal and you can't even tell that it happened to some point, but the... The mental abuse for me is much more painful because I, I'm consumed by my thoughts. Yeah. So when both of them constantly would be like, you're fat, you're worthless, you're this, you're this, disgusting. and that. disgusting. Nobody like, would want you. Like, and that's why, like, guys I talk to now, they're like, why do you, like, 
like constantly think I I literally am like I've been more or less programmed to think those things like I still deal with the backlash of the mental abuse from those two relationships that I had like the physical abuse was horrible but I mean yeah I still have the fucking scar in my fucking lip I still have you know my kids were witness to being physically abused and that was another thing that and that's one thing that I'm thankful for is like yeah when she was like two months old she was around but she hasn't seen anything see and mine were a little older and I think that that was a turning point but then I also remember like being like I even remember talking to my kid when he was sleeping as a baby and being like we're gonna get out of here we're gonna get out of here and we're not going to do this anymore. But it literally took years. And I was, that's the thing. Both of the, both of those relationships literally made me isolated from, the second one, not so much. But the first one, I literally, when I was with Beer Can Dick, I literally talked to nobody but him yeah. and my grandpa. But we only because, friends no, or... only because we lived with him is the only reason we talked to my grandpa. Like, it, it's, like, that's the one thing, like, people want to know. Want people to know, but they will not tell people themselves until they know they're, like, really, really done. Well, and I have some statistics from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. (sighs) One in four women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence, beating, burning, strangling by an intimate partner. On a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. That's so many. I I called, I think, twice to that. I've never called. Oh, I did. I did twice. 72% of all murder-suicides involved an intimate partner. 94% of the victims in these murder-suicides are female. 1 in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year, and 90% of these children are eyewitnesses to this violence. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like... Yeah, like, that's what, I think that's what kills me the most. Like, it's not the bruises on the body that hurt, like I said before. It's, like, the wounds that it does to your heart and your fucking mind Mm -hmm. are what really gets you. Like I said earlier, the time I put my hands on somebody, the one time, I literally was, they didn't trigger me, like, they didn't intend to, but they literally triggered me. Yeah. And that's what terrifies me to actually be in a relationship with somebody else if they are, like, a good guy and would never do that, I'm, like, that's always going to be in the back of my head. You always expect when something goes bad that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, like I said, and I think, like, when he grab, I think, too, like, so, I, I got to explain that situation. That situation fucked me up because... So, we we were arguing. We were arguing. And to me, it was 
more, it wasn't yelling, but we were raising our voices very loud. And then I, I don't remember. I said, I said something, but it was something that, um, that I, I said, I don't even know what was said, but then he literally like scooted closer to me. And I remember feeling like, oh fuck. I thought in my head, I'm like, he's going to fucking hit me. Like, that's the first thing I thought of when he, because he didn't scoot, like, the t- other times he'd scooted close. The only thing I ever felt from him was, like, comfort and, like, wanted him to scoot closer, which this wasn't fair of me to think because he's never given me any reason to think that. Mm-hmm. But the whole situation, that was the first time we'd ever, like, screamed and really, like, got loud with each other. So then when he scooted over, I panicked and I'm like, he's going to fucking hit me. So I got up and I walked to the door. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I think he scooted closer to me to like, because he saw that I was really upset. And I took that as, oh, fuck, he's going to hit me. I got up and walked away. So then it made him even angrier because he was just trying to comfort me. But I'm mis- like mistaken that for... The complete opposite. Like an aggressive. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's why when I think that made him even angrier. So he got close to my face. And like he was screaming something like, why would you just walk away when I'm trying to figure this out? But like screaming. So like I said before, that like got so fucking close. That spit kind of got on my face and I just fucking slapped him. I slapped him. And he grabbed, he grabbed my wrist and he pushed me up to the door because I think I triggered something in him uh-huh. when I slapped him. That he just grabbed me and just held me. So then that got my other shit going like, ooh, now you're fucking grabbing me and holding me. Like, this is not the greatest thing ever. And I think he saw the look in my face when I started crying and he just let go and he's like, what the fuck are we doing? That that's the only time I felt super horrible for smacking somebody and putting my hands on him, and then I felt horrible because because of how I was treated before. I was taking it out on him, and it yeah. started that situation. So it makes me like think I'm literally scarred and fucked up from it. Well, it's hard not to like. I think I'm pretty good at not carrying over past trauma into new relationships. But sometimes it's hard to, like, not catch yourself being like, oh, well, this happened, so Mm -hmm. this must be happening again, like. Well, and that's the thing, and from him, he, he literally, he, he's the complete opposite of everybody. So then I think that's why I felt terrible, too, because it wasn't, uh, like, when I got with the second one, it was, the beginning was great. And the beginning is always great. But with him, I didn't see it changing. With the other two, I I guess when I think about the beginning again, I can see it changing. Which, beer can dick, it was, he started drinking and that's when it all went downhill. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he tried literally pimping me out to one of his friends. And when I wouldn't do it, I literally got the shit beat out of me. Because what, what, like that situation, so... I, in that whole thing, I was the only one working. He was living with me at my grandpa's house. I was the one working, paying all the bills. 
Um, I ended up getting a new car because the one before, the night he punched me in the face, he, after we left the hospital, he was very pissed about it, and he drove off, and he broke, like, the tranny pan or something on my car and completely ruined it. So I had to get a new one. So I had to get a new one and had, a you know, a car loan out on it. So we were arguing about, I was like, I need fucking help. Mm-hmm. Or we're not going to have a car. Like, I can't pay this car payment this month. Like, you, yeah. or not the full thing. You need to, like, help. So then his friend literally offered to pay him if he could have sex with me. And he's like, well, you need to do it because we need money for the car. Like, literally. And the sad thing is, I I didn't consider it, but I was, like, thinking about it. Because you didn't want to piss him off. I didn't want to piss him off, and I didn't want to be in trouble, and I didn't want to be hit over it, and I didn't want to lose my fucking car. But you still would have been hit over it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing I thought, too. I'm like, but if I do this, is he really going to, am I going to get blamed for, like, being with somebody else? Which, I mean, and I literally couldn't have sex with people I didn't have feelings for. Like, it's not, like, a situation now either. So then I literally, his friend lived down the street from where we lived, so I just walked home. Mm-hmm. Which it was a big fucking thing because I didn't come downstairs at all when my grandpa was up for three fucking days. Because it was, he hit me so hard, like, my eye, you know how your eye gets super red because you have, like, blood vessels and shit. And then I think I, I don't remember how, I think I begged my grandpa and said, I needed something for my car to get fixed, yeah. which I know my grandpa would have, like, helped. Because when <laughs> Beer Can and I ended up ending in shit, he just paid my car off for me. Mm-hmm. And was like, you can just pay me instead of a bank and shit like that and kind of thing. Which now I wish I would have just, like, said something to my grandpa. But it you 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 don't. No. And then the thing, the thing that's horrible is... Even through all the abuse, they chase everybody off so that when they leave, you're, like, begging them to come back and to be with you. Yep. Like, now I at least, I guess in the next one I had my kids, so I wasn't completely alone. But that first one, like, I was like... But even in the second one, he tried chasing me off. Uh Uh-huh. He still tries chasing me off. I couldn't go places with... That's the other thing. Like, I couldn't go places... With either of them without getting it okayed. Like, it was my dad. So, like, it's it's weird even, like, talking to JT now when we're not even, like, dating. He's like, um, something came up to where we were supposed to hang out. And then my stepdad passed away. And he's just like, something, I don't remember. So, I couldn't make it up. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like... Oh, I'm going to go hang out with my sister, go to a movie, this, this, and that. Like, if it would have been one of the other two, they'd have been like, oh, so you, instead of coming to see me, you're going to go to a movie with your sister when you said you didn't want to do anything, whatever. He's like, oh, you need to go have fun, like, go get your mind off of stuff. And I'm like... It's weird you're 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 like, tainted. And when you get, like, a nice guy... Yeah. Like... In my situation, as soon as we start yelling and shit at each other, I just leave. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the healthiest thing to do, and I'm no. working on it, but... I literally... That's what makes me so upset, is that if I ever do find a real guy, I... F- 
like feel like it's gonna be sabotage like I'm gonna sabotage it. So yeah. I get it. Me too. And then the one <laughs> the one I get completely comfortable with wants to be friends with benefits. <laughs> we go full circle. No, it's a tricky kind of thing. But yeah, we finally did our domestic violence episode. I hope it was everything. I hope it's not fun. Everybody wanted and more. Um, like it's it's something. But yeah, we gotta get going. Got some stuff to do today. I have a flat tire today. Yeah, (laughs) so I gotta fix it. But thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.